the Super Dad Podcast. Welcome to the Sober Dad Podcast, episode 60. I hope you all had a great Christmas and a good New Year's Eve. It is now 2024, so happy New Year. And obviously, no shows last week. I guess I didn't really make an announcement about that or anything, but was enjoying time with family, was able to go up and see my parents, so the kids got to hang out with their grandparents, so that was fun, and in that time, if you're hearing a difference in audio quality, I upgraded a few things around here, so hopefully that translates into the podcast. So seeing as how it's New Year's, I figured we would go ahead and do a resolution-themed episode and cover New Year's resolutions and how likely people are to stick to those and common themes and things like that. I put up post out on X this morning lamenting the fact that when I return to the gym, it's going to be very crowded as it always is at the beginning of the year. And an article that I have here kind of explains why that is. But anyone that goes to the gym regularly and has for many years notices a trend every year at the beginning of the year, the attendance to the gym picks way up and there's a lot more people there, a lot more waiting around for equipment and childcare. Sometimes you have to wait for some kids to clear out before you can put your kids in there. So it's always a little annoying for people that go to the gym a lot more often. And I know that sounds kind of bad. I am all for people trying to better themselves and to get healthy and stuff. But after a while, it starts to pitter out and a lot less people start showing up. And that's a common theme every single year. It's good for the gyms because they get a whole bunch of people signing up and stuff for the first couple months and then people just stop going, life happens and as this article will highlight, only 1% of people actually keep their New Year's resolution for the whole year. Before we get to the article, I want to point out that I have no opinion really either way on resolutions. I don't discourage anyone from doing them and I I don't usually partake in resolutions, even though when I was in my drinking, I definitely tried to do that and failed every time. And maybe that's why I'm somewhat a little cynical, I guess, personally. But if other people want to have resolutions, more power to you. But I am of the mindset, especially now, that if there's something you want to accomplish, something you want to do, you shouldn't have to wait for the first of the year to do that. You should just do it get started and not wait around for an excuse to do it but whatever works for you and um, yeah I just don't want this to dissuade anyone not that I think it actually would but these statistics and these numbers are a little daunting so if you actually do have a resolution and you stick to it and stay with it then you can be proud to be one of the very few that actually follow through and get get them done so the article I have pulled up here 
is from Forbes Health, and they surveyed a thousand adults, and they were looking at basically what the most common th- overall theme was for resolutions for 2024, and it came in as physical health was the overarching theme. The the largest grouping of people were focusing on physical health, whereas last year they were focusing on mental health, which I think was still some residual effects of COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff. So seems that people are more focused on the physical this year. And the poll says out of the thousand people, 62% say they felt some kind of pressure to set a New Year's resolution where women were 64% and men were 60%. And it doesn't really specify what pressured means, whether it was peer pressure or they, yeah, it doesn't really say, but apparently they felt some kind of pressure to set a resolution. And I guess that's just if everyone else is doing it, then they're doing it or something. But of of the thousand people, 48% said that improving fitness is their top priority. And then 36% said mental health. And then 55% overall say physical and mental health are of equal importance. So definitely, and I think that it definitely translates to the gym. You see a lot more people at the gym the first couple months of every year. And regardless, I think it, I think fitness and mental health are always number one and number two almost every single year. So moving down the list here, looks like actually number two is improved finances by about 2%. So improved fitness is 48%. Improved finances is 38%. Improved mental health is 36%. Then lose weight is 34 And improved diet is 32 So of the thousand people, those were the top like five categories. And then there's a couple more. There's uh, stop smoking was 12% of the people asked. And then way down at the bottom, unfortunately, is drink less alcohol is 3%. And none of the categories here were drink no alcohol or anything like that. So it doesn't seem that sobriety ranks very high. And I wouldn't, I'm not surprised by that. I would actually be surprised to see a more than 0.000 something percent of people saying that they wanted to get sober, be sober. But I mean, out of a thousand people, 3% will say drink less alcohol. So that's 30 people. That's not terrible. I mean, that's still a good thing, but definitely a small number out of all those people. But that could just be me projecting maybe out of those thousands of people, they were majority of them average drinkers, regular drinkers, whatever you want to call them. But I grew up around people making resolutions about drinking less or quitting drinking and I in turn did the same thing so it's probably just projection so moving on we're gonna go to how long resolutions typically last and 
surprisingly to me, uh, only about 1% of people don't even make it to a month. So 1% of people make it less than one month, and then 8% make it one month, 22% make it to two months, and another 22% make it through three months for an average of 3.74 months. So that's the average length of a New Year's resolution. And with that, the if you can make it past there, you're doing pretty well. But like I said before, scrolling down, only 1% of people actually make it the full 12 months. So looking at these numbers and from personal experience, I believe that the thing that most of the people on this list, especially the ones that only make it to like three months or so, what they're missing, the key ingredient there is accountability, which if you've listened to this show for a while, you know that accountability is one of my main things. I'm very big on accountability and being accountable to somebody, regardless of what your goal is, makes you far more likely to achieve that goal. I believe that I referenced actual statistical numbers on the episode about accountability and being someone who is creeping up on one year of sobriety, it is definitely the accountability I think has been the number one thing that's been keeping me going, knowing that if I relapse, if I fail in my sobriety, I'm not only letting myself down, but I'm letting down my wife, my kids, my family, and part of my accountability was even starting this podcast. And if I fail at that, then I feel like I personally failed you guys as well. So I think that if you are going to approach a resolution, you should approach it the same way that you do with your sobriety. Or if you're a a loved one of someone who's in recovery, the same thing. You need to be accountable to somebody. Share what you're wanting to do with somebody. The act of making the goal makes you more likely to achieve a goal, but the act of telling someone increases the likelihood of you succeeding even more than just speaking it into existence. And with accountability, the best way you can hold yourself accountable is finding someone else that wants to do the same thing. So if your goal is fitness, then hopefully like your spouse or a close friend or someone that you'll actually see regularly has the same goal, then you guys can do the thing together. And then even on days where you don't really feel like doing something that will help you continue your goal, help you reach your goal, then that person will give you that extra accountability, that extra push to actually make progress towards whatever it is. So if it's not drinking and you and a buddy decide to not drink, then you're not going to drink around them for one, and you'll be less likely to drink if you know that your friend or whoever is not doing that. Because just, I mean, shame is a, a a powerful motivator. Guilt is a powerful motivator, and it can be used for good, I feel. And it should not be, like, I guess for lack of a better thing, shame should not be something to be ashamed of if you can use it for good. So don't shirk away from from accountability and team up if you can, I guess, is the short version of that. 
And for me, going forward, I'm going to try to stick to the same schedule. Mondays and Fridays have been working better for me as far as releasing episodes. So Monday will be episodes like this, sobriety related, and then Friday will be more of the parenting aspect with also mixing in some sobriety stuff. And yeah, that's all I got for you today. So I think I forgot to say this in the beginning, but if you want to get a hold of me, I can be found on X at SoberDadPod, and you can email me at SoberDadPodcast at gmail.com. And until Friday, I'm John Skillman, and remember to raise your kids and not glasses. Mm-hmm.